I like Star Wars. I've always liked Star Wars. I grew up with episodes one, two, and three, and, uh, and watched four, five, and six on the original VHS from my parents. And in Star Wars, you know, there's the Jedi and the, the Sith, and, uh, and there's always this relationship between master and apprentice, okay? The master, the Jedi master, and their Padawan learner. And um, the, the difficulty for the Padawan is that, uh, that they, they are a learner, they remain a learner for many years, for really as long as it takes. And they don't have access to everything, not all the knowledge, all the training, all the locations and things. So the, the question that they're always asking their master is like, when, when can we move on to this? When can we learn that? I, I'm interested in this. And the master always has to say, patience, in time, I will teach you. One, uh, we're going to come back to this. It'll make sense in a minute. But one thing that I have, I, I, I get to, this is just like a great source of joy for me. One thing that's happening with many people here lately at St. Luke is like this transformation, okay, this newness for them. Uh, when it comes to things that are like very, very normal, very part of our everyday life as Catholics, whether it's scripture or mass, prayer or adoration or confession, even things like listening to the gospel at mass or receiving communion, the, the story is often the same. And I get to hear it all the time, and I wish you could hear it more often, but it's, it's almost always the same. It's like, this is how it has been, and I didn't understand, or I avoided it, or I did it because I had to. Sometimes I was afraid of it, but it's completely different now. It's changed, and I never thought I would be in the place that I am. I never thought I would see things like this or, or, or like have what I have with the Lord. And now I love it. So, you know, like I said, it comes out in different ways. Somebody told me the other day, I grew up going to Mass. I've always gone to Mass because I had to. But now I go not just on Sunday, but actually more than that because I love to, because there's joy for me there. Or uh, somebody like a month ago was saying, this is the way that I had always thought of God. This is sort of how I had been taught who he is. But it's changing now. And my understanding of him makes me much more eager to spend time with him because he makes me free. And I had to unlearn some things that I thought about him before, but this is so much better. Or I avoided confession, and now I go with some regularity and without dread because I'm eager for the healing and peace that's given. So this is like a wonderful thing to hear and brings me a lot of joy. But then we have to ask ourselves, how come that... Like if you ask somebody off the street, what's your perception of Catholics? Probably it comes down to two things, okay? Number one is someone who they would say is like uber Catholic. Sometimes you have a, like a grandmother or a, or a great aunt like this. Uber Catholic, but really hard, kind of harsh. Or they say, yeah, I know Catholics, and they're kind of stagnant and lukewarm. And they go to church, but they don't really have much more to say about it. We talked last week about how we can like fall to either side, either extreme and how the Lord course corrects us. But whether it's like, you know, too casual or, or, or too, too serious, too strict, both of these, they, they feel all of this as a burden. This is strange, the, like the, the perception that people have, maybe, maybe the outcome that a lot of people end up if they follow the Lord. It's strange because the gospel is supposed to be joy and freedom and peace and flourishing. But very often it is experienced as a burden or something that hardens us, something that we just kind of get sick of. 
Jesus doesn't talk about the gospel or following him in this way. So what's the problem? I, my theory is just this. It's just that we stop short, that we have begun and then halted, and now we're disappointed. So in the first reading, very beautifully, we had these words, comfort, give comfort to my people. So I want to give you these three points that hopefully, hopefully will bring comfort. Okay, the first one actually comes from Bishop Wachowiak. He likes to say this, and I like to hear it. He says, if Christianity is boring, then you're doing it wrong. And I would just add this, if Christianity is boring or burdensome, then you're doing it wrong. This can be like uh, something that creates some anxiety in us. Like, what do you mean I'm doing it wrong? I'm doing everything that I was told. But it, it actually is good news because basically that means like uh, the thing that I'm sick of, the thing that adds a burden to my life, maybe, maybe there's more. Maybe it's, it's not the real thing. Maybe it can change. This is like a basic rule as we follow the Lord. If Christianity is boring or burdensome, then we're doing it wrong. I rely on this often. Just yesterday, right in this homily, reading through the readings, checking some different sources, putting together some ideas, I got pretty stuck because I was like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I want to say something really good, something helpful. And um, then I realized I'm anxious. This feels like a burden. I want to avoid this. That means I'm doing this wrong. This is great news. So that I was able to kind of come out of it, go back to a place of peace, and then and then return to the homily and write something and take risks and be creative and actually like go, go through with it. And it was no longer burdensome, but something actually enjoyable and fun. So this is something that's helpful to me often in my priesthood, that when it is boring or burdensome, we have to remind ourselves there is so much more, that this is not all. And even that there are things to know, to live about God and about following the Lord that we are not ready for yet. Jesus said just before his ascension, he said to his apostles, there's much more that I would say to you, but you cannot bear it yet. But the Holy Spirit that I will send will lead you into all this truth, all these mysteries. That's the first thing. If Christianity is boring or burdensome, then we're doing it wrong. We got something to the side of or less than the real thing. Okay, the second thing is hopefully consoling is that it gets better the deeper you go. When uh, I had a friend in seminary, and he took piano for eight years growing up, and he never practiced, and he didn't want to learn piano. And so for five of those years, he stayed on the same 10 pages of the book. He never made any progress. And so at the end of the eight years, when finally his parents would allow him, he quit piano, and he has never touched it since then. But he, he, got, he got stuck in the burdensome part, like scales and trying to train your fingers and read music and all of that stuff. You know, in the beginning, all of this stuff is hard, but following the Lord is a little bit like learning piano, where as we go deeper, the burdensome parts evaporate and freedom grows. So at the end, when somebody has mastered piano, there's joy in it and creativity. Now they have all of this facility and ease and they can play whatever music they want and make, make beautiful things. So that's the second thing. Actually, it gets better, not more difficult. It gets better the deeper you go. The third thing that is hopefully helpful to us is that God is a patient teacher. This is what we heard in the, in the second reading from St. Peter. He is not hurried or rushing. To him, like we heard, one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. As long as it takes us to learn, as long as it takes us to move to the next stage, he patiently guides us through it. 
It is not at all like class or like semesters to follow the Lord and let him lead us more deeply into his mystery. Because, you know, it's finals week. And that's why if you look around at the students, you can see their hands shake a little bit and their eyes are twitching. Because you had a semester to learn this, and by the end of the semester, now you have a deadline. And you have better have kept up with everything. Because now, now it's time for the exams. But this is not how it is with the Lord. There's no deadlines. There's no pressure to keep up with everybody else that's in your cohort or something. Actually, very often the Lord moves more slowly than we would want him to. And so we're the ones who are always asking, when can we learn this? When can we take a next step? And, and, and he's the one who says, patience, I will teach you in time. You will know that when you need to. Here's just one example that I want to share with you because I think this story illustrates a lot. I had a meeting last week. And it's funny, as a priest, you have these meetings. People said meetings with you and you have no idea what they're about. So this woman comes in and sits down. We pray a little bit and then I just ask, yeah, so what, what, are we, uh, what are we talking about? And she's, this was the story she told, basically. Like, I'm, I've been raised Catholic. I learned my prayers, always gone to Mass. But being here with the good people that go to St. Luke, listening to the way they talk about prayer is something very different than how I have understood or experienced prayer. And it sparks a desire in me, but also... I realize I'm stuck because I can't ask them about this. Because if I say, what are you talking about? Or why do you talk about prayer like that? Then they'll realize that I don't know. That I, that I don't know how to pray. So this comparison that she's dealing with led to a bunch of fear and paralysis. Thank goodness, though, because when you come to this point where it's like, okay, I just realized that I don't actually know, and there might be something more, it can lead to comparison and closing up and hiding because we don't want to be found out that we're the, the one loser in the room that doesn't get all of this stuff. Or it can lead to vulnerability and asking. And that's where she was. She came to me and said, okay, well, I don't really want them to know that I don't know how to pray, but I'm okay with you knowing, Father Rob. So here I am. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't really get what you mean when you talk about prayer in your homilies, but I want to learn. So then we could go places. And it, just as we talked... We went to a deeper place in her life and her heart, and things were just opening up. And uh, she's like right on the cusp. I, I, this is what I told her. I said, this is when things get really good. This is the, like the next chapter. It's when things come alive. When it's no longer like, yes, I do what I've been told I should do. No, now, now the Lord is not somebody that I've heard about, but somebody that I know, that I have met. Okay, so... As we're trying to follow the Lord, as he teaches us and, and guides us through this apprenticeship that we have, there are some things that are obstacles along the way. One is actually like things that can inoculate us, like a vaccine. Okay, so this is like the, the grave importance of Catholic schools and religious ed. They have to get this right because rather than leading somebody to know the Lord and into a, like a lifelong learning from him, they can inoculate somebody against it. If somebody, I meet these people all the time, if somebody has gone through 12 years of Catholic school and has taken all the classes and, and finished their exams and they get to the end and they say, I don't buy it, then the walls around them are so thick. I, I have a much easier time, have a much, I, I would much prefer to talk to somebody who has been raised to hate God than to somebody who has gone through 12 years of Catholic school and at the end said, I don't want it. Because 
You see how they've been kind of inoculated against it. They got something less than the real thing, but have been told this is it. And they say that's superficial. It doesn't really reach into the deepest places of my life. It doesn't really help me, so I don't want it. I'm done. I've spent years investigating it. Now I'm finished. Then they're closed to any questions that come up. It's a great thing, but a hard thing for them to hear when you say, you got something less than the real thing. There is much, much more. To point them back to the first rule, they think you're like from another planet. When you say, if Christianity is boring or burdensome, then you're doing it wrong. There are other things that kind of inoculate against us, but we just have to be aware of this. Like, what are the ways that, the things that have closed me off, that make me not curious, that make me say, well, I already know. The second thing, though, is competition. Okay, this is another obstacle for us, and this is, this is what that woman was experiencing big time. Competition leads to comparison, to the need to pretend so that we don't look like idiots, to constantly evaluate ourselves, to be discouraged because we're not measuring up to where we think we should be. I feel this actually very often as a priest, sometimes from other people's expectations, but mostly because of mine. Because I say, well, I'm the priest, I'm the pastor. I should have it figured out. I should have the answers to the questions. I can't struggle with this stuff. So sometimes that leads to like, yeah, like a, like a closeness because I don't want to look like an idiot. But, and we're gonna go right now into, into the things that help us along the way. The first thing and the solution to all that stuff is to acknowledge and believe and to say about ourselves, I am a learner all my life. From the beginning to the end, I will remain a learner. And everybody around me also is in the process of learning. This changes our expectations completely because sometimes we have the expectation, the pressure that says, you should know this already. And this is what this woman was going through. She said, after all of these years, I don't know how to pray, come on. No, the expectation instead for a learner is that we don't know. Then we have freedom to ask, freedom to wonder, freedom to, to, to say, I need to learn this. And it goes all my life. All my life, I have space to make mistakes while growing. Okay, the second thing that helps, of course, and this is maybe the more difficult thing, is vulnerability. To acknowledge what I don't know. But vulnerability is the only thing that opens the door so that the Lord can lead us to the next step, to the next stage. So Jesus and the Holy Spirit are our teachers. And for me, and for parents, and for catechists, for all of us to be good teachers, we always have to be pointing beyond ourselves. The dream of a teacher is for their apprentice or student to, to excel beyond them, to know more than them, to be a greater master than them. But to do that, the teacher or the master always has to be pointing beyond themselves. So John the Baptist does this, and I hope I'm doing this today. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are our teachers. And we are expected to learn and not to have it all figured out. Entering into the mystery of God is entering to the mystery of love and joy. So I'll just leave you with this. What's, what will change next for you? What's the desert where the Lord is preparing a way? What's the burden that he will next turn into freedom? What's the darkness in your life with him that he will fill with light next? What's the desert that will be filled with living water?